Hello everybody and welcome to episode 44 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And my name is Dan Alika and I am Auto Trader's road test editor. What a crazy year it's been. Has it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I feel like um, as the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, time is just flying by. You know what sucks for me <laughs> the older I get? the less Christmassy it feels every year. I know, because it gets more and more stressful, right? No, I just don't feel it at all. Really? And And listen, and this is like a, this is a bad one, but it's like I was in Arizona for like eight days and I mean, I'm kind of the Kevin McAllister of like, you know, how could you have Christmas without a real Christmas tree? And like, I feel that way of like being in a not so wintry wonderland like Arizona. I'm looking around at like this desert expanse and it's beautiful and it's super cool. But then I get back to, to, to Toronto and I'm like, wait a minute. It's, it is weird this year because it's so much warmer than normal. And so there's no snow. We're not going to have a white Christmas this year. Well, I mean, still, I just, but it, at least it, it kind of feels like, you know, the weather's changed here. It's like, you know, it's, it is cool. It's like there's always potential for a, for a white Christmas. But like there... Like, it's almost non-existent in Sedona. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I was in uh, California recently, and it was also beautiful weather, but yeah. they had Christmas trees everywhere and, like, snowmen stuff. I'm like, you guys don't know anything about snowmen. <laughs> but I, and I remember being in, in Tokyo a handful of years ago before Christmas, and, like, same sort of thing. Like, Tokyo doesn't get snow, but the, the Christmas spirit is, like, alive and well. I was in Sedona, and it's like... Aside from my hotel having a couple nutcrackers outside, like there was, it wasn't like decorated to to make it feel Christmassy. I don't know. I, I Some don't. places show up for Christmas a lot harder than others. I didn't feel like Sedona was one of those places. Take notes, Sedona, for next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, 2023 has been, I think, a really game-changing year in terms of automotive stuff. We've seen a lot of new cars get debuted. We've seen a lot of cars get discontinued. Um, so we're going to, this is our year in review, our kind of wrap up of what happened this year. Um, and we're recording this, you know, just before the Christmas break. So by the time, by the time you listen to this, you'll probably be all wow, glued you just, to the couch. You've taken all the magic out. What? We were supposed to make it seem like we we're, you know, down to the minute here. And now you're like, well, we did this weeks earlier. I always Great. want tra you full transparency with back our the audience. Curtain, and here we are, Wizard of Oz. Here we are. Joseph's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, because nobody little, ever sees him. People don't know this. He's a little man on a ladder behind a car. He doesn't need to be standing on a ladder. He's always standing on a ladder. It's kind of weird. It seems a little dangerous, too. But I mean, he, he is, produces our podcast, and he does a great job, yes, so we'll, we deal with it. You know? He's the Wizard of Pod. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's a good one. We should have a whole episode where Dan just says funny puns the whole time. It's hard when I'm, like, when I, so that Arizona trip, like, it was two. It was two first drive programs uh, that you know bookended a weekend, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to fly to Arizona, fly home, and then fly right back." So I stuck around and I rented a, a bike and whatever. But you know, I spent a lot of time. Like I spent three days effectively by myself, mm -hmm. and um, the the pent up like dad jokes. It's you had a real, no one to share them yeah, with. No audience. I was like, man. There, so I got home and I was just, Becky was like. Okay, I gotta go. So she left to go to Cape Breton. You know, maybe it was because of my dad jokes. I like maybe forced her out of there. She was like, I can't take this anymore. But I it mean, was a lot. She, kn she knew what she was signing up for. <sighs> That's true. That's true. 
Well, you can sprinkle them all throughout this episode. I'll give Doing you a, a, an episode that you can you can just go off. All okay? right, deal. Okay. Um, so if you don't know, Dan and I, uh, we work at AutoTrader as automotive journalists. We write a ton of articles. Our whole reason for being uh, is to provide unbiased expert car advice. And so we, we published over 500 articles this year. Um, and do you want to know the top five most popular ones we published for the year? I do. And guys, I am finding this out at the same time as you. I love doing this. Like Jody will do the do the research and then I won't look because I want to be as surprised as, as you are. Okay. Do you have any guesses? No. Okay. So I'm going to start from five and then move our way up to number one. All right. So our fifth most popular story of the year yes. is six unusual car noises to be concerned about and two that are fine. Oh. Oh, that was that a that was a Justin Pritchard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really popular story. Um, you know what? We'll try to link to all of these in the in the show notes so yeah. you can read them if you want. Uh, the next one is top ten cheapest cars in Canada. That's always going to be popular. Yeah, right? always. And especially now that vehicles are getting less cheap. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's going to be people are going to be even more, you know, interested in in what. What's what? What's a quick way to save some some cash on a car? I mean, remember when you could buy a new car for ten thousand bucks? There were three that you could buy at the same time. There was the Micro, the Mitsubishi Mirage, and, and the and the Chevy Spark. And uh, now the Spark. Well, the Spark was was gone, and then the the. The micro's gone. Micro went, and then the Mirage is still here, but it's way more. Expensive. It's a lot more expensive. It's like fourteen than it grand. Used to be. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, the next most popular story was five strange problems caused by a weak battery and how you can avoid them. Another Justin Pritchard yes, jam. Yeah. Really useful stuff. Yep. The next popular story is consistently the number one story every single year. This year it has been knocked off its high pedestal. Oh, was this Brendan's initial D yes. story? Yeah. Best cars of initial D. Every single year, this is one of the most popular stories. And keep in mind that we published this years ago, even before I joined AutoTrader. Now, for those of you who don't know, Initial D was a was a manga series, a Japanese, um, you know, comic, for lack of a better term, uh, that was hugely popular, and it spun off like a TV show, and you know merchandise and all kinds of and movies and video games. like it was a whole little cottage industry around this since discontinued manga that I'm a huge, huge fan of. It was a whole of. culture. Yeah, I love it. So, and it stands for drift and it's, and it, you know, follows a, a, a tofu delivery driver. He works for his dad. And uh, anyways, it's really good. If you're interested, like I would highly recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's like very kind of accurate, you know, in its descriptions of cars and, you know, the, especially the videos I have like the DVDs and watching them, it's like, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to animate like the heel toe downshifts and stuff, but it's really cool. And I love it. Really cool stuff played a huge role in, uh, I think how, how popular JDM was, yeah. um, really cool animation style, yeah. great storytelling. Yeah. Uh, if you if you haven't kind of dipped your toe into it, I suggest do it over the holiday break. You'll you'll be very thankful you did. Yeah. Uh, and then the number one story that Auto Trader published all year yes. is what the duck? What is ducking, and why is it a Jeep thing? Oh, that's a good. I mean, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Because I, it is kind of stupid. Well, it, it's just a silly game. Do you want to yeah. explain? 
Yeah, it's like you. Basically, it's like you see a jeep, a fellow jeep owner parked in a parking lot. Whatever, you leave a little, a little duck for a little them. Little rubber ducky. And and it's become a thing that people like exchange these. Uh, it's almost like remember Brendan McAleer, the guy who wrote that initial D story. Um, he did a thing a couple years ago now where he was like leaving Hot Wheels on people's like under their windshield wiper with his kids. With with yeah, and it was with so they he went and got like a box and I think Hot Wheels ended up shipping him a bunch when he first posted about it. Um, but it was all like real cars that you would see out in the wild. And he would, if he saw one of those cars out, he lives in, in Vancouver. And if he saw one out and about, he would leave, you know, if he had that one or if he had like a similar one, same, let's say like same make, different model, he'd like leave it for the owners to find as a little you know, put a smile on their face sort of thing. And it worked and he saw some people's reactions and it was really cool. So anyways, ducking is the same sort of thing, but it's, it's, I still don't quite understand like the, the, like why a rubber duck? There's some connection uh, to Ontario actually. I can't remember what it was, but it, it did start here. Uh, and sometimes you'll see Jeep owners, like they'll display all the ducks that they've collected yeah. over the years in their dash the, or on something. on the antenna, like yeah. tip, one of those it's things. It's just a really cute, fun thing. <sighs> just just a, little, a little way to, you know, make someone's day. I thought it was really cute. Um, so yeah, those are our top five most popular stories. That is, you know, not surprised, especially the ones that are like, you know, should my car be doing this? Obviously, it's like, you know, people are looking for like the WebMD of, of the automobile, right? Yeah. And it's like, what the answer? I'm telling you right now, regardless, uh, you know, we have some great resources, obviously, those stories. But just a word to the wise, if your car is making some sort of funky sound or feels funny, uh, take it take it in have it looked at by a professional please i don't. just give my car to dan i'm like what's this no noise? don't i just i just mean like don't take any chances uh don't just leave it and don't rely on google to diagnose it's you know better safe than sorry most of the time just to have a quick look at it like that you know your local mechanic is probably fine to have a quick look and let you know, oh, it's nothing to worry about, or if it's like a vibe in the steering wheel, oh, it could be something as simple as, you know, you've lost a wheel weight and need to to get your your uh, wheels and tires rebalanced. But like, don't take any chances, like, and don't rely on Google because also, there's been some weird like, you know, advice that's infiltrated the algorithm mm. in Google, or sometimes. I remember, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something that was like sort of a critical situation where um, people had asked like, you know, is that like, what is this a symptom of? And the result that Google pulled was like, had left out like the, the bad part. So it was like, you could click on it. And I think it was like COVID related. And it was like, oh, if you just Googled it and you didn't expand that link and it gave you like, you know, basically it's like, this is fine. But it was like what was left out is like unless it's you know so oh, so no. just be careful better safe than sorry is my point right I guess always click into the article instead of just reading yeah, the snippet and always you know get professional you know advice from for, when it comes to something especially if you're putting your you know you're getting in there every day you're putting your family mm -hmm. in there you know it could be it could be something that's that isn't you know Google's not gonna give you the right answer or it's you know, might not be exactly the symptom that your vehicle has. And next thing you know, 
some catastrophic failure, especially now it's the holidays. I think of people like driving to see family in faraway places and getting stranded on the side of the road. I don't want any of that. So yeah. let's just be, let's be, let's be wise. Good advice, Dan. Thanks, um, Jodes. So what is the most impressive car that you drove all year? Okay. So this, I hate this idea that it sounds like a last minute, um, like it's, you know, it's only because it's the most recent because the same mm. thing happened relatively recent where last year it was the Cadillac CT5V Blackwing. Now, I didn't drive it right before the end of the year, but it was close to the end of the year. I've got a pretty good memory. Uh, so I, I do remember the vehicles I drove. I keep detailed notes, but the most impressive vehicle I drove this year was one of the ones I drove in Arizona, which was the Kia EV9 which is an all-electric three-row SUV that just, like, blew me away. Yeah. I drove it also a little bit earlier, and I was super impressed. They nailed it. Like, there was almost nothing it was wrong with so it. It was so smooth. Uh, it does, you know, range is good. It could, it could be better, of course, but, I mean, that's a pretty common complaint about EVs in general. Uh, but just everything about it is well thought out, well built. Even... We drove two different ones while, while I was on this program, myself and, and our and our colleague, Kyle Patrick. Um, and at first, like the first one we got in, the I opened up the console bin lid, which is where the wireless phone charger is stashed, which I love when they're, you know, sort of out of the way like that. So I opened it up, I put my phone in there, and then I closed it, and then we both had our elbows leaned on it, and it was really kind of squeaky and stuff at first. And we were both like, oh, yikes. But then it must have just been, it wasn't the way that we closed, because we opened it and closed it a few times. I think it was just because it was like so new, the little mm. rubber feet were kind of squeaking because within about 15 minutes or so, the noise went away, it didn't come back. And then we switched into another EV9 at the lunch break because we got a huge rock chip in the windshield. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh, so, so Kia Canada like swapped it out for us and... That one had no issues whatsoever. Good. So, but I tell that story only because if that's the only issue that we encountered, and we were sort of like not skeptical, but you know, we were we were kind of poking around and being like it because it's sort of shocking. You're like, it can't be this good. Yeah, and it it was like yeah. I can't wait to to have it locally so I can test it for like a full week and really get you know get into it. But yeah, I really liked the EV9. Good. Yeah. Loved it when I drove it. Um, I think one of, funny enough, you mentioned this because it was the most recent one that you drove. Yeah. I recently drove the Chevy Blazer EV. Also really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, but the best part about it was how much range it offered. How much range does it offer, Jody? Let me tell you. It was between 449 and 520 kilometers, which is pretty good. That's that's segment leading. That's that's about what the what the EV9 offers. I think it's like at the lowest it's 425 um, or 439 and then at the highest it's like 570 or something and that's mm. rear wheel drive. Uh, I feel like the volume, and again, it's like that's the, you know, manufacturer's estimated range. Obviously, that's going to change depending on what you're doing. The more highway driving that you do is going to impact that, but it's still more than enough for most situations. And with, you know, DC fast charging, you could, I, I sent it to, to my friend, Jeff Richards, 
who has four kids and a dog and to be perfect know. for them and i said that and i you know and of course my you know one of my complaints if you could even call it that is this idea that you know yeah well if you're road tripping um you're gonna have to stop and he was like man i've got four kids we're stopping you know every couple hundred kilometers for 20 for minutes anyway so he's like it would it would work out well that we could stop you know plug in go do what we need to do come back and get back in the get back four in the car. children yeah it's a lot of children oh my goodness yep and a dog yep wow yep it's a lot <laughs> he made some choices for sure um, was there anything you drove this year that really surprised you? Like maybe something you had low expectations for, but ended up being really good? No, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. It's like vehicles really have gotten to the point where they're just so good overall. You know, it's hard to, to find a bad vehicle on the, on the new car market these days. You know, before it was, it felt like even again, you look at a brand like Kia, and, you know, I used to own a Forte. It was like the first the first car that I bought. Uh, and, you know, there were some compromises, but it was like I was, you know, still like it was like my my first real job. And it was, of course, you're trying to fire my second. And I was, you know, trying to kind of get a get a footing in this world. So it was like, oh, this thing's cheap and it's zero percent financing. And it's like, OK, well, it felt a little, you know, cheap and hollow and whatever. It's like, but now. That's just not really the case, yeah. even in the entry, you know, entry level. Yeah, market. I think the quality like, has just gotten so good. Yeah. Even so. for like fit and finish in those entry level cars is so good. Yeah. So, no, I don't really. I mean, again, the EV9, I would say it kind of surprised me just of how good it was. Um, but no, it's, you know, I mean, we've, re we've reached like a really impressive point in, in automotive history, I'd say. Cool. I guess something that I was surprised by this year um, was a couple cars from BMW. So, you know, BMW is well known for making performance vehicles, but I drove two of their performance vehicles this year that I was surprised by how much I wasn't impressed by them. Oh, I think the M2 was one of them, The right? M2 was one of them, yeah. and the other one was the XM, mm. which is their uh, plug-in hybrid performance SUV. Yeah. Both of them, very underwhelming. But... On the other side of things, I was super impressed by their SUVs. Like I drove the X5 plug-in hybrid, loved it. It was so good. Even the X6, you know, everyone in our industry always, you know, throws shade at the X6 because they think it's ugly. Because it is. It's okay. I, I don't, I, I try not to talk too much about how, what my personal feelings are about car style because it's so subjective, right? Like, no, but that's a pretty objectively ugly vehicle. I kind of liked the one I was driving. It was like emerald green, but it just did the sporty and luxury thing really, really well. It was also a mild hybrid. Um, so it was so smooth. It was very luxurious, very powerful, drove really nice. It just surprised me because how much I liked it. Do you know what surprised me of how much I hated? What? Uh, finding out that the lighting signature on the Kia EV9 is going to be offered on a subscription basis. I hate that. Like... This, to me, is so outrageous. That's a cash grab. And I'll have a story, you know, that, that mentions this that you can find on the site. Um, that's what it comes down to. And and I thought about it in the context of, like, OnStar and Toyota's cloud-based navigation system. But those are value-added, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting something out of it. And if you, if you don't opt for it, it's not, you know, especially with the cloud-based navigation. Okay, 
I would recommend not getting it. It's a very good system, but you have free access to, to Google Maps on your phone by plugging into Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. If you're a masochist, you can use Apple Maps. Uh, that's fine. But if you're paying for the cloud-based thing, you're getting something out of it. If you don't, then it's it's neither here nor there. Yeah, Who cares? You'll be fine without it. OnStar is the same way whether it's the concierge or the emergency of services. And lots of brands are doing this, right? Telematics has become a whole thing. Uh, but those are value-added services. When I look at an automaker like Kia making the lighting signature, which is literally just this pattern in what would be the grill on a gas-powered vehicle. It's a plastic panel. It's got these lights hidden behind it. And so Kia decided to you know, change up the design, have, have a few selectable designs. The fact that it's going to charge you monthly to use these to me is just like so stupid and unconscionable. I can't, I can't believe that this is the direction that we're heading. It's like microtransactions yeah, in video games. It just seems like a cash grab. And I mean, earlier this year, BMW got roasted because they were playing with the idea of charging subscription for like a heated seat. Well, it's not so in markets like I think it's like New Zealand. Um, that there are some models that that's the case, um, which I agree. But but again, at least in that case, it's like, okay, it is, uh, and pe I think people, there was a comparison drawn with like, there there's some performance pack that you can opt for in like the Mercedes EQE or EQS um, to, to unlock more torque or something like that. You know, it's debatable about whether that's that's right because the, the question of, well, you're paying for the, Equip, the hardware's there and whatever. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Because to me, it's no different than paying for like a performance model of a vehicle. I still disagree with paying a subscription. But right. with those, you can either pay the subscription or just pay a fee. We asked Kia Canada on this event, well, can we just buy it outright? And they said no. Weird. So it's like you're you're being forced. And for something as trivial, and they're like, well, you know, it's for people to express themselves. It's like, first of all, I'm sorry, but that is one of those dumb, you know, like automakers love to to say stuff like that and it's just so silly. It's like people aren't expressing themselves with their with their SUVs. I'm sorry. That's just not that's not the case. I mean, I think to a certain extent your personal style will you know, come out in the car you choose. Sure. But the lighting signature specifically, yeah. no. It's so, and it's in the names, it's like, you know, one of them's like efficient and one of them's athletic. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man, you guys overthought this and you didn't think about how poorly received. Now, at, as of recording, Kia did not have pricing available on the, on the plans. So I can't tell you how much it's going to cost. I can tell you it's probably going to become one of those monthly fees that you forget about just like you know that third or fourth streaming service that <laughs> you signed up for um and it's going to end up costing you a lot in the long run is I there think. anything else included no. it's just the lights just the lights wow yeah i don't like it so like the gt line version comes with a different one that's the only there's a standard lighting signature and then the gt line which is like the most expensive package it's like 80 some odd grand before um before taxes and, and incentives. The EV9 does qualify for the full $5,000 federal rebate and provincial rebate. So you will see some of that kick back. But anyways, the EV9, uh, whatever, the dumb name. That's the other thing. Oh, Kia needs, uh, this, is, this episode is turning into like what Kia needs to do better. Kia Canada has adopted the names that the US uses. 
So remember, we used to laugh at like the Nero and the EV6 when it was like the wind. And like, the, yeah. so now that's what the EV9 trim names are. Uh, so it's like the most expensive one is the EV9 Land all wheel drive with GT line package. Uh, you get a different lighting signature as part of the GT line package. But if you want the five other ones that have the really dumb names like elegant and athletic and efficient, you have to pay monthly to get those. That's ridiculous. Somebody's going to hack it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Because sure, it's just software, right? I'm it's sure just it's code. Happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think was the biggest automotive news story of the year? Hmm. Someone, someone out there is going to say Cybertruck. I, I mean, that's pretty big. <laughs> uh, oh, and I will say now, I'm not. I think I said this to you last week or whenever, whenever the news you know came out, and we started started to see some reviews. Right, Tesla typically doesn't you know do much media relations, uh, and still still hasn't here, but but actively reached out to like a few key outlets, and uh, which we were not <laughs> one of, and offered access to to one of these prototypes or whatever so i you know i'm willing to admit that i'm wrong i thought it wasn't going to look like the production version if it even came to fruition wasn't going to look like it i mean it's smaller than it was it's still taking advantage of some loopholes where it doesn't have to be crash tested the way that a typical passenger vehicle does because it classifies as um like a heavy duty truck because it weighs so much but then it's also like and I had this conversation with some friends about what it means and, you know, but for example, like vehicles over a certain width, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you ever look at like a heavy duty pickup truck coming down the road towards you, it's got those amber lights across the roof, just above the windshield. And that's to indicate that it's, that it's big, that it's wide. Uh, so even like the Ford F-150 Raptor doesn't have those marker lights the Ford F-150 Raptor R, which has a wider body, does have those marker lights. Interesting. The Cybertruck is wider than the F-150 R, but the version that all of these outlets or these handful of outlets that have tested have not had those marker lights. So I'm very curious to know how, if, if this is just Tesla being Tesla and it's like, well, let's just not put them on there and see what the government regulator does. Because quite frankly, whether it's Canada or the U.S., the government regulators have not done much. They've really right. let Tesla get away with with quite literally, you know. Lots of stuff <laughs> that they shouldn't be getting away yeah. with. <laughs> uh, so who knows? But that to me is is very odd. But I am willing to admit, you know, when I'm wrong. And if this is the case, if we start to see deliveries and, and this, be, you know, this is the real deal, then it's like, yeah, I'm wrong. It It turned out to be you know, the vehicle that we saw, give or take, at uh, that terrible unveil. Remember when it was like yeah. they threw the threw the and metal ball and it broke the window <laughs> and whatever. But anyways. Looks uh, cool, though. I will admit, big it story. looks sick. Another big story that it looks like it's, you know, landing just in time for the end of the year that we'll talk about on the next episode is what the Canadian government is doing in order to achieve the ZEV mandate, so the zero emission vehicle mandates that we're seeing uh, targets of no brand new vehicles as of 2035 will be sold with anything but zero emission powertrain. So whether that's electric or hydrogen or what, um, that's a huge, a huge story, but we'll get into that in the next episode. Um, 
the UAW strike down in the States and how that has pushed back the, the launch of some EVs, or at least that's what automakers uh, like General Motors have used as like an excuse for why stuff like the Silverado EV, I think, has been delayed to 2025. Mm -hmm. um, the UAW strike is apparently part of the part of the blame. So that had a pretty big impact. Um, that's kind of it off the top of my head. Those were the couple that stuck out to me too. It was a very tumultuous year, I feel like, for the automotive industry. Yes. Um, uh, we should have Barish back on our show to talk about pricing and stuff because that was another big story of the year. Cool. All right. So before our Ask an Expert, here is a message from your friends at AutoTrader. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. Today's Ask an Expert question comes from our buddy Maroon. Hey Maroon. Loyal listener. I remember when I first purchased my first car, I bought it to CAA for an inspection. A friend wants to purchase a used EV. Which company slash garage would inspect the car and diagnose the battery, considering it's the most important and expensive part as an EV? As always, thanks for taking my question. That's a really good question. Super relevant right now. I would probably just say to, um, you know, with EVs, and I say this a lot with, especially with like luxury vehicles and stuff like that, um, stick with a CPO, so a certified pre-owned that's your kind of safest bet. That also is going to come with some warranty coverage that you wouldn't get by buying a used vehicle, you know, privately or through, you know, a third-party dealer or even a, a that that manufacturer, you know, the same brand um, without it being certified pre-owned. That means it, it's gone through an inspection process and there are some guarantees that come with that. That's probably my advice uh, because I don't necessarily know that that is something that you could just like take it to a local garage and have the the you know remaining useful life of that battery yeah. tested and given like a diagnosis of right? i think a lot of like the mom and pop garages just aren't equipped to deal with the evs yet well and i just yeah like there because that and that that brings up the whole thing about the right to repair laws and like you know the software that that OEMs might have that they can access something like that. Whereas, you know, an independent mechanic doesn't have that same proprietary software. I don't necessarily know. And maybe, I don't know if somebody out there that's listening um, has a better explanation of this, but I don't necessarily know that that is something that you can reliably, you know, diagnose and, and put down on paper to say, Oh, well, you know, the, the, battery's capacity is down to 87% or whatever. I think that's one of those things that you'll notice with uh, if it's on a full charge and you'll see the range and, and figure it out based on what the range is supposed to be. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a good question. Great I think question. I would say, yeah, best bet is to stick with a, with a CPO program, but you can take it to a an EV is still just a regular vehicle. You can still take it to a, to your local mechanic and have the rest of the vehicle inspected in terms of the suspension and the brakes and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, the body, the overall structure of it, just to make sure that it's that it's safe and sound. But yeah, the battery thing, 
I think you're you're it's a lot of you know trust and and um, just using your you know your kind of own research to say well always my default in in one of the websites that I have bookmarked on my on my browser is the Natural Resources Canada fuel fuel economy search tool so you can search because even sometimes the numbers that we get provided are the manufacturer's estimates and then the final number is what NRCAN has on its website so you can go find it there so you could do that you could check the range and then when you go look at this used EV make sure it's at a full charge and see what that number is now there are lots of factors there including the weather and how it's been driven before that but it would at least give you some idea yeah, good answer. Thank you, Maroon, for your question. Uh, if any of you have questions you would like to ask Dan or I, you can email expert at trader.ca. And that wraps up this episode. Thank all you right. all so much for joining us this year. We really appreciate your support. Um, you know, thank you for subscribing and sharing our episodes. That kind of stuff means so much to us um, and really helps ensure that we can continue to do this. So thank you so much for all your support this year. Uh, drive safe over the holidays. You know, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, Dan's going to leave you with a great Christmas pun. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm not. Okay. I was just going to say Happy New Year. Okay. That works too. All right. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, everyone. Drive safe, and we'll see you next time.